It's time to talk periods. We're on it. Welcome to the We're On It podcast, talking about periods. Today we have four amazing women here to share their experiences of periods and rugby. So I'm Natalie and today I've joined with Hannah, Christine, Tyrion and Harriet. So just to get started, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved in rugby? Hannah, are you happy to go first? Yeah, so I'm Hannah Hughes. I'm a rugby engagement officer with Group Trinchamana College up in North Wales. Um, I got involved in rugby when I was in school, really. We were given the opportunity to play and we were fortunate enough. We had a good, strong team and we got to play in the Millennium Stadium back then um, a few times and was just inspired then um, and joined a local club and been on and off playing rugby ever since. So now I obviously work partly with Welsh Rugby Union um, and RGC as well um, as the regional. Um, I do a bit of coaching and also a bit of playing as well. Great, thanks Hannah. If I go on to Harriet next. My name is Harriet Rowland. Uh, I got involved in rugby in year nine in school. So when we started playing in PE, my PE teacher asked if we want to play. And then she put us forward to different clubs that I could start in. So then I started playing for Moladron. And since then I've involved from that and I've played for RGC. And I also started playing in college as well. And it's really helped me and it's really good with the girls and everything, so yeah. Oh, perfect. Thanks, Harriet. Tyrion? Yeah, hi, my name is Tyrion Thomas. Um, rugby's been a big part of my life. Um, ever since I moved from Manchester to a small town in Bala, um, in North Wales, Bala. So it evolved with me starting playing um, in year seven um, as part of the first girls team in my area. And we sit then, um, unfortunately, found ourselves without a coach, which is where I decided to take upon the role of coaching the team and built it up. Um, and now we see ourselves with five different age groups of girls. Um, yeah. That's absolutely amazing. That's really good to hear and the involvement you had in that, Tyrion. Christina, finally, if you're happy to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm Christina Aguilar and I pretty much was on the same rugby journey as Harriet. So I started rugby at around year nine, same school and everything. Um, started playing for more Ladron, which then led me to the RGC girls. And that was an amazing experience before COVID happened. And then I also started playing for the college that I went to as well. Oh, thanks all so much for giving a little bit of background about yourselves and um how you've got involved in rugby and what you currently are doing. So I want to jump straight in. Um, it wouldn't be right on this podcast if we weren't talking about periods. So jumping straight into your experience of periods and how that affects you um, within your training and match days playing rugby. Shall I start? Go for it, Hannah. Um, so for me, I think... You've always got to know when your period is due, don't you? Because for us playing, obviously I played for Carnarvon in North Wales and most of our games were down in Cardiff. So if we know I was on my period, I had to make sure I had enough 
products with me or that I've got an emergency stash in the bag and they're always topped up in the first aid because I was so conscious, you know, and I had massive cramps as well. So I used to get, I don't know if you girls um, are the same, but oh my gosh, when I've got cramps, my stomach is just, I just don't want to move. So when the thought of being, having to full on tackle someone <laughs> or being a ruck or something, being stamped on is just, yeah, it's hard work. But when the game starts, I'm okay, but it's just yeah, preparing the, the power beforehand. of the period just makes me want to hit people even harder. <laughs> Um, yeah, so similar worries, but um, yeah, I think it almost thrives me and makes me want to play harder too. I think it's almost, it's never, in my opinion, it's never stopped me. It's just something that as girls we get around and get on board and um, take as part as our daily stride. It's another challenge, but I think it makes you do and shows your passion for something even more if you've got that motivation to get out of bed that day and to sit on a bus for how many hours to go and play a game um it is a problem and it is something that um isn't very nice but um I think yeah in my in my experience it's just made me it makes me more more ready for the game and ready to carry on Yeah, that's really good, Tyrion. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of a bit of a mixture between Hannah and Tyrion, really. So like with the long bus journeys down from North Wales to South Wales, it makes me dread it even more. And I feel like the bus journeys are even longer when I'm on my period because I'm just in pain and I just want to listen to music and not talk to anyone. But like Tyrion said, like the motivation it gives her to hit harder and to play better when she's on her period. I could kind of relate to that, but I'm kind of more on Hannah's side. Yeah, I agree as well. It's like, obviously, the cramps make it worse when you get tackled as well. It's just like double cramps getting your shoulder to your stomach. But I do agree with Tyrion as well. It does help you, like, it just, in your mindset, you're like, it's not going to stop me. It's not going to make me play less. It's not going to make me less motivated. You just get on with it. And it's like, why should it stop me? So you just play more and play better. So yeah, I agree with Tyrion as well. So you've just talked quite a lot around it on kind of more match day. How about in training? Do you find that you've still got that motivation or how do you manage cramps if you're... So see if you're on match day, you kind of almost like, right, I've got to deal with this. I've got, I'm going to play today. But if it's at training, how do you manage those abdominal cramps or any other symptoms that you experience? I think it's like kind of similar to a game day it's kind of just the preparation mentality preparation before it kind of putting your mindset of yes I'm on my period but I've got training I've got girls around me who might relate to me um and if they can do it I can do it too kind of thing I think my role as a coach and being developing the girls team was to show an example and show to other girls that they shouldn't need to not not play and not um, participate because they were on their period. Um, I, as a as a young coach and as a girl young coach, I um, um, promoted them to be open with me as much as possible and making sure the um, products were available to them and when they need to. So for me, it was more about showing example and making sure people were aware 
that they don't need to stop playing because of their period, but it's okay to be open and it's okay to not be on form that day. It's okay to need to sit back for a few minutes and it, say if you are feeling under the weather or in quite a bit of pain, it's okay to just sit there and watch or take part as a as a leader or a coach that day. Um, still be a part of the environment and there's the group spirit, but just do what they need to do and deal with it in that way. I agree with you there, Tyrion. Um I think for us as a college, um, we're trying to break that stigma around talking about periods as well. So for me in training, I know it's a shorter period of time, but as you were saying, it's good to be open. And if you want to take time out to do a bit of stretching, so I always stretch a bit um, and do some easy movements really just to ease my cramps when I can do. Um, so I've replicated that and used the knowledge that I've learned along the journey, you know, and obviously being part of this group as we're supporting each other and sharing ideas. We've come up with a plan, didn't we? And all those girls on this call were part of that campaign. Um, so it won't stop us. So um, the active ambassadors um, from the college were part of putting that program together. Um, so it's an online um, resources available where the ambassadors and elite athletes, so like Rachel Taylor um, from the rugby industry, Jess Kavanagh, they've all talked openly about their experiences as well. Um, so it's good to have like role models within the college that are openly um, discussing it and sharing their um, ideas and visions, you know, and just to make sure that it doesn't stop them in their education or their sporting um, journeys, basically that we're there to support them and we've provided free products for all the female learners in the college um, and whatever products we've got left, we've shared out with the local rugby clubs that the girls are coaching and supporting as well. So we're just spreading, spreading the love really, aren't we? And just sharing, <laughs> sharing tampons everywhere. <laughs> wow. That sounds absolutely amazing. The work that you're doing and how that will make such a big difference. Um, you know, you've all mentioned around, period products and making sure you've got enough of those. So being able to ensure girls have got access to that will be a huge um, influence and bonus, I think as well, for them to continue participating in rugby. I wanted to pick up on as well, you started talking um, Tyrion around um, creating an open environment. I just wondered for everyone else, whether it was something they talked to their coaches about, or if it was a conversation within the clubs you had um, whether you had a male or female coach. Oh, that's a tough topic, isn't it? Because we all know as a rugby industry, it's male dominant, especially when I was growing up, it was all male coaches, I think. Um, we had a few girl coaches like now and again, but no one openly discussed it. Um, so I've kind of learned from that and I try and be as open as possible now and share that thought and... Yes, I've spoken to a few other hip officers, you know, because we're, as hip officers, we're in schools, in colleges, we're delivering sessions day in, day out. I think male or female, if you're a coach, you should be aware, just the basics, you know, so you should have some carried in their first aid kit, for instance. So I've given all the hip officers, male and females um, that I know, a pack and some of their faces, when I gave them some of the packs, they were mortified, you know, they're like, what am I meant to do with that? And I was like, well, so I've just spoken openly and advised them like, well, you should possibly learn a bit more, like 
<laughs> your mum's had periods, you know, because she's had you, or <laughs> just to be totally honest. I think they're all aware of it. I think they're all aware of a period. Every male, oh, you've all heard them, you know, your partners and everything going, oh, you're on your period today, which is the most annoying thing ever. But they're all aware of their periods. It's just, it's just that stigma that's built up that people... They're, they're afraid they felt like they're not supposed to know like they're not supposed to be involved in that but naturally it's just it's it is a natural part of life and it's something that happens so as a coach to a group of girls as a coach to a group of girls that are developing and their period can be quite a daunting time for them especially in the younger ages they should be aware of it and they should be able to speak or be open to hear about people's concerns regarding it. And, um, you know, it's not it's not something that we should hide, but I think it's open for us as girls to start that conversation, to be the role models and speak to your coach about it if they are male, speak to them, explain to them, sorry, sir, I'm on my period today. Um, I'm going to try and do my best, but I might need to sit out for a bit. And it's not something we should be afraid of. And then I think if individuals start opening that conversation, the conversation will just grow and grow and grow. I totally agree with Terry on there because there's always been a stigma about it, about like how guys are like, oh, yeah, we don't talk about it, we don't. And they just find it like disgusting when, like you said, it's literally the most natural thing that happens. And then, like you said, like the more people that speak about it, the more natural it'll come. Like I, in coaching and training, I speak about it as well. I'm like, oh, my cramps are really bad today. And everyone's like, oh yeah, me too. And then it just makes you feel more comfortable and less when people are like judging you that you can speak about it openly without people being like, oh, why, why are you talking about that? So I think it has like improved a lot that you feel more comfortable talking about it and it helps you as well. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's, um, we're getting... I feel like as times have gone on, um, we're more open to the conversation. But growing up, I personally experienced mainly female coaches. So I was quite lucky in that sense. But um, even the female coaches didn't really say, oh, girls, if you're on your period and you just need to take five minutes out or you want to talk about things, that's perfectly fine. I was never brought up in that environment when it came to training. Um but um, yeah, as time is obviously going on and we're more open to the conversation, uh, I feel that when new girls are coming in and the new rugby generations coming in, the conversation will be louder and it will be there, which is really good to see. See where you're coming from, as in, I think it is equally, there's a stigma between girls about it. It's not just between male and female. It's about a stigma of, it's very private thing. People seem to think of it as a private thing. But then again, why should it be if we're all going through the same journey? Why, why isn't it made to be natural? It is completely natural and one of the most, almost the most natural thing that happens to a woman. But why, why is there that stigma? And it's really interesting to see the different perspectives on it because as we say, as we're growing older now, the the stigma is getting less and less, I think. But it's in the initial stages, when you first come into terms with, oh, I'm actually turning into a woman now. I've started my period and stuff like that. And, oh, some of my friends haven't started my, their period yet. Is that where the stigma begins? 
Yeah, I think it is moving forward, though, isn't it? I think it's getting better. You know, when the more research has been done, the more we are talking openly about it, the more stuff will get changed. Because I am aware that Welsh Rugby now are discussing with Sport Wales, you know, they are putting stuff in place and hopefully there will be documents going out to coaches and volunteers in clubs. Um, and, and it will change because more research has been done also um, for the more elite athletes now that their training schedules are scheduled around their monthly cycle um and obviously when I was growing up I didn't know about this but now we do so we can adapt and change stuff as well so as we're learning more stuff does progress um better isn't it and it does improve um so yeah yeah and I definitely even I think wider within society I think back when I was younger and like the adverts that were on TV, like anything around menstrual projects were like, use our product because no one will know you're on your period and it'll be a complete secret and you'll be able to hide it. Whereas actually, so, you know, that's reinforced, you know, like you said, not just for males, but for females as well, that it's something that was secretive or hidden, but actually it's such a natural thing that we shouldn't have to hide it or we shouldn't have to be embarrassed that we're on our period. Um, but that's just actually made me think of something um, on an advert around you can use our product because and you'll be able to wear white no problem has anyone had to wear white shorts to play rugby and this always baffles me that and how does that feel like that would be one thing that in my head I think I'd be worried about would be leaking and that blood showing through um, but I was just interested to see if that was anything that you'd ever thought about or was a consideration it's definitely not a strong colour for rugby anyway, is it? It's not very practical. Probably other people's blood, you know, there's other colours to just cover up whatever you've leaked. But you know, I don't, I like, mm, with our kit, we were perfectly fine. I think we were quite safe. We'd either have really dark burgundy or just full on black shorts. Um, but there's always an option to wear like black undershorts if you ever find yourself in a situation wearing white shorts. Don't know why you would in rugby, but here you are. Maybe we should ask the England England girls. Yeah, they've got white shorts all the time, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to think if the Welsh national team as well and Scottish, I was like, I'm pretty sure at some point I've seen all national teams. Scotland yeah. have and Wales used to have, yeah. But um, used to have. I think it's just... It's a colour to show the passion of rugby, really. Seeing all the mud on the trousers, seeing the blood, just to make it stand out, I think is... And again, it's, it is natural. I know it's quite embarrassing, but it's embarrassing to you more so, I think, if, if there's blood on the shorts. I don't. I think rugby is quite an in, inclusive sport anyway in regards to that. Like, mm. in regards to, as Christina said, there's likely to be other people's blood on your shorts. There's likely to be your own blood all over yourself on the shorts or mud and stuff like that. And it's just, is somebody really going to notice? I know you're probably going to feel really self-conscious about it, but at the end of the day, is it that much of a problem? But um, yeah, I think to be more inclusive to girls, white shorts aren't ideal. Um, but I think where that's come from, again, is that the men used to wear it. The men used to wear the white shorts to show the rugby, to show the red, to show all that stuff. And which is where the women have just had to tag along then and wear it, even though it may not be ideal. Um, but equally, I still do, from some perspective, think, is it really that much of a problem? 
Yeah, I totally agree with you because you can be like, obviously, I think it's more that you'd be more stressed within yourself. And I don't I think if you saw it on someone else, you wouldn't really be that bothered. You wouldn't think twice about it. If it's more of yourself. You're probably worried about it. Like, like you said, literally with white shorts and rugby, you're covered in mud, no matter what color shorts you're going to be wearing. Other people's blood has probably happened to all of you. It's happened to me covered in other people's blood and everything. So I think it's more of um, just knowing within yourself that it's natural and it does not matter. There's always stain remover. So I think it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't really, it shouldn't really affect people, but obviously it's within yourself of what you think. That goes to it again, like people can be, people, girls especially are very self-conscious of whether you can see the sanitary products outside the shorts, whether, you know, but then again, I'm sure I was watching the rugby the other day and, there was professionals, athletes running down the field with two tampons in their nose because they had a nosebleed. So why can't we wear a tampon that's completely discreet and nobody knows about? Exactly. Yeah, because I think I've used, I've been running around the pitch with them, used as blocks on my knees if, if I was being lifted up in a line now. They're the best thing for blocks on your legs. So The multi-purpose use. Yes, they're brilliant. <laughs> Exactly, which is why which is why it baffles me why a men team, Wales men team, can travel all these different countries with sanitary products in their first aid kits, but the local clubs of girls teams don't have anything. It really baffles me to understand why this is the case and why why it is how it is. It shouldn't be that way, really. We should, you know, the products are there for a specific reason. Yeah, they're multi-purpose, which is absolutely great. But um, why then is there the stigma for a girls' team to have products to use in the correct manufactured way? <laughs> I think it is changing, though, you know, because Welsh Rugby now, you know, we're becoming more, it's not just a rugby club anymore, it's a community hub. And I was sitting on a, a few meetings with club operations and they were discussing like, how do we make it a better environment and inclusive for females and entice, you know, the fam it's a little more like a family clubhouse. So it's potentially, it's up on us then to tell them, isn't it? Because they might listen and they might change stuff. So, so I was saying it's just the little details, isn't it? Have an air freshener in the toilet, actually clean them, make it welcoming. Because if you've got a clean toilet, I know we're all girls, like we don't have to be dirty girls, you know, to play rugby. Like we do like to have a nice shower afterwards and we do like to dress up and go out. You know, there's there's a massive stereotype as well with like female rugby players. They're all butch and like whichever, but we're not like we're girls as well. And we just like to that's, have fun after the game. <laughs> I think that's the case on game day too. You know, you turn up to these rugby clubs and again, we share in the, we share the sport with males and as we... It is a family club. It is a family environment now. It's not just women's and men's rugby. You know, you can have mixed and everything, which is why then you, on games days, you turn up to these clubs and the facilities are shocking. You know, there's no bins in some toilets because why would a man need a bin in the toilet? But as the family and as the club, we do need them bins and we need the facilities when we turn up to games. And even just making sure that the toilets have a lock on them, you know. Um, it is just small features like that. But definitely, I do think we are moving up a long way. And I think, you know, groups like hers, like um, We're On It, period, 
this is the way to go. This is the way to support the small steps um, into making periods uh, an open subject and coming together to help these organisations like WRU, like um, Sports Wales, um, to, you know, open the subject and to make it more inclusive. Following from that then, I'm going to ask if you had one thing that you could say you'd like changed or to be different or to be implemented in rugby to support um, women's rugby, what would that be? For me, I think I would go with along the lines of training being available to all male coaches um, and female coaches even to understand what your fellow um, teammates and the people you are coaching, what they're going through and how that affects their training performance and how you can open that conversation, I think. I think that would just be a massive step to understand, to, to create the understanding, to create the open environment. From that understanding, then I think you'll see things developing like products in first aid kits, like the changing rooms being more inclusive. I think it's just a way of opening the topic completely. Uh, I agree with Tyrion as well. I think it's like once we start talking openly with our coaches, teams and managers, because at the moment it's quite a quiet subject, like you might talk about with someone you're close with as a teammate being like, oh, I'm on my period today, my cramps really hurt. But once you can like openly talk about it, I think it'll bring more products in because at the moment there's hardly any products at the club and first aid kits, like you said. So I think that would be like the first step in stone instead of like rushing into it because then they might be like, oh my God, whoa. So I think if we slowly start talking about it and then uh, the coaches and everyone having a better understanding whether they don't or if they're uncomfortable about it, making sure they understand that it's not something to be uncomfortable about and it'll make the players feel more comfortable and turn up because some players that I know they're like, oh, I'm on my period, I'm not going to come to training today because they might not feel comfortable talking to a coach or there might not be any products there for them. So I think the first step is being comfortable with them so that it can be a stepping stone for more things to happen in the future. I think for me, it's along the lines of equality, like periods shouldn't stop people participating and being included in rugby. Yeah. Um, so it could be good to have, obviously like Welsh Rugby Union now getting on board with groups like this and actually possibly being an advocate and possibly doing a campaign of themselves or supporting this campaign even further by getting the men, the women's team, you know, the coaches as a nation, they create these amazing videos, you know, for game days, but they could do a similar one with promoting um, periods potentially and just, yeah, making a, a awareness. So if they're promoting it, it's a cool thing, isn't it? If you've got the Welsh Rugby Union logo on something and if, possibly you know like ex-players like Sam Warburton or for the likes of Rachel Taylor if they do talk about it openly um it'll yeah it'll just normalize stuff then won't it because if they're doing it and talking about it then it's kind of cool and everyone should be doing it gathered from that is that it says it says that I need to make that first step it says that I need to make that first step but equally this is a call for all everybody to join on the bandwagon too and open that conversation and be a role model, be open, be free without individuals but get starting it off. It's not going to grow. 
we need them representatives to be strong, be brave, talk about your period. Okay, I think that's a great point to start wrapping up. But before we do, there's a, we've got time for um, some Q&A. So we had a couple of questions come in. One was, how do you manage abdominal cramps? Um, so we've definitely touched on that a little bit. Um, I know for myself that um, hot water bottle definitely always helps, but that's not always possible when you're exercising. So like the stick on heat patches, I find those really helpful, but also actually trying to stay active. So I might not want to go and run a marathon or do something at my ma absolute max, but things like yoga or mobility or going for a walk definitely help me. Um, anyone different or anything extra that they do differently? I agree with you. Like the stick on pads, they're really good for, um, to help you and staying active as well. I think the more I just sit down and do nothing, the worse I feel. So I always try and do something, even if it's just a walk, like you said, just going outside. And when you, when you first start training or a game, the beginning, you're like, oh, I feel so horrible. But then five minutes in, you just, you just forget about it and it goes over your head and you just feel better in yourself for doing stuff. So yeah, that's how I feel with it. Exactly. I think it's just the mindset, really. Um, even though them products and hot water bottles and everything are great help, I think it's mind over matter, really. I think take a few tablets, take a few paracetamol, ibuprofen, um, and tell yourself, I'm going to do this. It's not stopping me, and go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, I think. Um, and sometimes I actually feel quite strong when I'm out period. It's weird. Like, I'll go to the gym and I'll do a, a weight session instead, you know, so... I'll take it out on a few squats maybe or um and just do what I can so obviously if I want to stop and it hurts then I'll reduce the reps or just adapt isn't it and just do what you can but like you girls said sometimes you'll just go for a walk or yoga session is always a good one um yeah just nice easy stretching I actually definitely find that although abdominal cramps affect me after like the first day of my period exactly like you just said Hannah I feel like way stronger and want to do more and I think Tyrion you were the same that you want to hit someone harder in rugby and things like that tackle harder that actually once you learn to manage it and know how to cope your symptoms that actually you can feel pretty unstoppable and do some some amazing things. The way of um, managing your symptoms is to listen to your body really if you need that first day of not training that's okay Training is not everything. Take that time for yourself. Take your time to look after yourself and maybe just sit on the sofa and binge watch some Netflix or something. But then get back out there the next day once you're feeling ready. Get back out there. Don't let it stop you. Yeah, I think you get to know your own cycle, don't you, and your own body. So you know, so I know I've got like two heavy days possibly of my period. So on them days, I might not go for a long walk on a mountain, you know, because I know I'll be <laughs> possibly needing to change or um yeah so I'll just keep stay local potentially or go to a little gym session um and just again just adapt and yeah get used to your own little cycle it's like your own little bubble isn't it you just get on with it <laughs> okay and then the other question we had in was is it normal for my periods to stop um for so I think 
this was in response to um, exercising and causing a period to stop or become irregular. Um, so actually, I'll jump in and then anyone else can add on as well. But I think for me, it's something um, I feel quite passionate about to share that actually your period shouldn't stop because of exercise. Um, it's actually, you know, we're really lucky we've got this sign of having a menstrual cycle and having a period of showing that we've got really good health um, and that we've got really good energy balance. So we're eating enough to make sure we can meet the demands of the sport and exercise we're doing. So it's definitely... Um, I always say it's well, you know, as much as we think it's an inconvenience or there's symptoms that might not be prep, you know, enjoyable, it's actually really good that we've got a regular menstrual cycle and we should um, see that as a positive sign. So definitely if your periods have stopped, um, I always say go and seek um, go and speak to a GP and make sure there's no underlying medical conditions and also um, just to check in that. You've, you're having enough fuel to look after yourself and to be able to perform at your best. Yeah. But then again, it's need to, you know, from my perspective, I know, you know, there's lots of different factors that change the strengths and the weaknesses of my period and stuff like that. And, you know, it's all to do with the hormones in your body. So say if I've had a game of rugby that day and I've got all my stress and anger out, my period can sometimes become less and become it just changes completely depending on how that day's been really um it's, it is your period it's quite interesting since starting midwifery I've learned a lot about your period and it's a way of your body talking to you almost telling you what's happening inside um and just embrace it it, it should it, it, yeah it shouldn't stop but you know little changes aren't something to be worried about um it's all natural <laughs> yeah I totally agree with that to because I was reading something recently you know there's been a lot of talk in rugby and concussions and I know there's a lot of research going on at the moment with how concussion affects the menstrual cycle in women you know and I think it's quite fascinating because we don't know much about it and I'm really like interested and in, I want to know what the research is um what, what they're finding out and yeah because it was kind of sh shocking that that concussions can affect women twice more than men and I was like whoa why am I only knowing about this now I've played for years <laughs> so um yeah we've still got obviously got a lot to learn and more research needs to be done on the female game and yeah the more we can obviously contribute you know into research the more I'm happy to support and help because yeah it's finding out possibly new stuff and yeah it's quite interesting yeah any of the research that would come out would ever stop you playing rugby there would it Hannah <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yeah I found in myself that um with my period uh, it would never stop me doing sports like obviously on the first day you're feeling a bit more down and le less motivated but I'd find like the more I would do physical activity it would actually like slow my period down like make it end sooner I think it's like with all the motivation you're doing, all the sweating and everything in your body, it's like helping it get rid of it instead of lying in bed for five days. Like, obviously, if that works for you, that's fine. But with my body, I would never let it stop me. I would make it like motivate me even more, especially with rugby, because rugby is my passion. I would like never be like, oh, I'm not coming today because I'm on my period. Like Tyrion said, maybe I'll just sit on the side for five minutes if I needed to take a break to myself. But I don't think you should like let it stop yourself competing 
I think that's an amazing place to wrap up. Um, just, yeah, I think that main point that's coming through there is actually not letting it stop us, but actually making sure we talk openly, we share our experiences, whether that's with coaches, with peers, with um, everyone that you're playing with. So it's becoming a more open conversation um, and not letting it stop us, not letting it be a, a factor that influences um, playing rugby or any sports for that matter. Um, which leads me on to um, the next podcast to follow on from this. We'll be exploring periods in other sports. I think we're going to talk around netball and hockey um, and what it's like for some of our other members of the campaign within the sports they play.